2: Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. My name is Bill Matthews, alongside Mark Cox and our executive producer Carl, the intern Carl Pew Pew, Pew, Pew,
3: Pew, Pew, Pew. Well we're those said, middle men. Yeah,
4: exactly. Glad you're with us this weekend, and uh, boy, uh, we have got a lot to cover in this show today. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here. It's going to be we're going to cover the outdoors because it's uh, Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Uh, we're going to cover the Second Amendment. We got you uh, covered on both angles there uh, in terms of
2: the new ATF ruling this week. It's it's clear as mud, Bo Matthews. Did you know that? You know, all I keep thinking is, man, they are coming in hot with all <laughs> of these uh, restraints. Illinois was, uh, of course, the topic of conversation last week. And uh, Friday last week, the AT, uh, ATF, uh, uh, they really are coming after the uh, uh, pistol ban. Uh, let's see. The executive action will ban up to 40 million pistols with attached stabilizing braces and I have to tell you, I've got friends that are supporters of the Second Amendment, and uh, a couple of them are maimed on on their arm, and they don't have the flexibility that they used to. And that's where the pistol braces really came in. Now, ah. uh, th- that's just one that's just one facet of this thing. I don't own a pistol brace. I, I think they look cool, but I think it also restricts me personally. How about you?
4: Well, it raises a lot of questions. I've never used one. I don't own one. I know people who do. But a lot of people wonder what all it affects, and that's the great thing about the show today. We're going to have on uh, an expert, a local gun store owner who understands these things, who has sold them, who understands what they're used for, but just as importantly to talk about what it doesn't include, because a lot of people have AR-style pistols, which is a shorter version of the rifle, and some of these have a folding stock on them, which is designed to put up to the shoulder, right? I, I don't and, think and, those and, are affected by it, but we're going to get all of that straightened out for you today by my friend John Henderson, uh, who's who's over at the Range St. Louis West. Uh,
2: and 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 I would like to point out that it's also uh, easy to pack them, like in in a backpack or in a in a gun case. If you could fold them up, there's a, a transport benefit to that as well. Um, now I don't know if anybody uses the folding braces like when they're out in the hunting, you know, out yeah. in the field hunting. <sighs> I don't, but if you're if you're hiking and packing to a place you want to hunt, well, that would be a benefit.
4: That's true. It's true. i just i I just think it's much ado about nothing that that they they show me the examples of where this has been a problem with crime or, or with with uh, you know, shootings, mass shootings of some sort. it's right. it's It's just like the attachment that you can get that goes on the back end of a glock now that can basically make it almost like a fully automatic. Right. right. It's stupid. First of all, if you want one, I don't care. But if you care, if you shoot a gun for accuracy, you you don't want a fully automatic weapon. It's stupid. You can't aim it. It just you pull the trigger and it's gone. I mean, a a 20 round clip is gone like that. What's the what's the point of that?
2: Well, and Mark, I mean, this isn't a law yet. Uh, They're just it's just an executive order to ban this. Correct. So here are your choices. Uh, According to Gun Owners of America, rebuild your firearm at your own cost. Also register it with the federal government, which is just never going to happen. I I just I cannot believe it. And of course, we're all going to hear about the lawsuits that are going to go after this. (laughs) Uh, But you can uh, destroy that firearm, that legally purchased firearm, or your other choice would be to go uh, to jail for up to 10 years and pay a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. It is a
4: backdoor attempt to circumvent the Second Amendment and a court is going to shut it down. Mark, mark my words on it. By the way, uh, since you brought up the court cases and challenges, because I know this one will be challenged. What about the case in New York? Now, this happened on on Wednesday of this week. The United States Supreme Court unanimously chose not to hear uh, an, an, a direct appeal or issue a restraining order against the overarching and overreaching gun laws passed in the state of New York. Gun store owners brought this case, and it's pending... Uh, in an, in a lower court right now but they wanted immediate injunctive relief because of the requirements that it imposes on gun store owners in terms of how they can display their weapons in a store and a bunch of other just on- onerous requirements that are costing them money and and you know having to redesign stores and all of this crazy stuff the Supreme Court turned it down and all the headlines said the Supreme Court rejected a challenge to the New York gun law. Well, that's not exactly what happened. <laughs> what what happened is that these they wanted immediate relief, so they jumped past the lower courts straight to the Supreme Court. The Supreme right. Court made a decision not to interfere until they get a ruling from the lower court. And and even Scalia and Clarence Thomas commented separately that the decision not to take not to issue that was not a reflection on the facts of the case. And I think that's basically a wink and a nod to say, just wait till we get it here and we're going to straighten all this out.
2: You know, when when they call it, uh, you know, gun control, it is truly controlling only the elites to be able to have. And and if you're willing to register, which, again, as you mentioned, I I don't want to register my firearms. There's no way you can register me. As a gun owner, <laughs> no. but that doesn't make sense. But let's let's uh, use this as a metaphor because last week uh, we heard uh, gas stoves; they were coming after gas stoves. Take it one step further; they could do something similar to this with that control of of uh, combustible motor vehicles, like cars, uh, with with gas. I mean, it, it, I know it's a ways off because there's not enough electric cars for everybody, but it's kind of the same thing. It's it's that same massive control, and it's not by specific groups. It's for everybody. And when it's all
4: electric, they can turn it off with the flip of a switch.
2: Well, Hmm. they can turn off the pumps of fuel, too, (laughs) but it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Um, And we're 100 years away, I believe, from being all electric everything. I I just don't think it's possible.
4: My, My favorite meme of the week was somebody took a small gas stove, like something you'd use camping, and they attached a stock to the side of it. (laughs) <laughs> and called it an assault stove. Mark, you did not, you did not forward that to me, man. I shall, Bo Matthews. Don't you worry. I will go back we, and I and I will find that for you.
2: We <laughs> have we have uh, a, a meme contest. It seems like every week between uh, just Carl and you and me. Um, you win a lot though. That that would win. Um, I do want to interject here. We'll we'll let this segment be uh, sponsored by Razorback Armory, if you don't mind. Uh, enjoying the the Mantis X shooting system. I don't know if you've gotten it out since uh, the initial uh, meeting that we had, Mark. But it's a great system to save ammo from going to the range all the time, and it uh, it creates muscle memory. But to transfer it from in your home, working with Mantisex to the range. I'm still waiting to do that. I haven't done that yet. But anyway, yeah, go to yeah. RazorbackArmory.com for more information.
4: It's a great point. That. I'm waiting to try the um, attachment for the AR. Yeah. Where you can you can practice um, your skill set with that as well, right? The I, Blackbeard, I think that's yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm am looking forward to that. I'm not I'm not to try that yet. It should be fun. It's a
2: it's a trigger reset, is what that Blackbeard thing is. Oh,
4: okay. Well, you yeah, know, speaking so. of the great outdoors, I, I got a story for you, Bo Matthews. This has been driving me crazy this week, and Carl's been hearing me complain about it all week. Oh, um, coming <laughs> up, coming up in in our next segment. In fact, we're going to talk about camping because. I love to camp and I've got a camper and, and I we have you've heard me talk about us towing it all over the place we've we've towed our our previous camper to Glacier National Park we've towed the current one to Florida we've towed it up to New York City I mean yeah, uh, we've towed our camper to um, Door County up in Wisconsin we we, we enjoy camping uh, we we love doing that so we're planning a trip this weekend. Uh, this uh, summer, I should say, and we want to go to Glacier National Park again because it's our so far our favorite spot in America. I just really? have to tell you, love the state of Montana to begin with, but we love that park. We love going up there and hanging out and hiking, and it's it's just breathtaking. It really is. But uh, and, and, go ahead.
2: Well, well, I was just going to say, have you have you done a beach resort? Where you pull up to a beach campground yeah, where you're yeah, on the have, water. We have. And 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 that beats that.
4: In our in our estimation it does. To each his own, right? <laughs> okay. I've done beaches for a long time and I went to the mountains and I'm like, Wow, I like this better. Any anyway, I, I really do. It's it's just fantastic. Plus I can carry a gun when I'm there. Like just
2: Absolutely.
4: Know, like, I'm just kidding. Uh but regardless, no, the, the point of the story is we wanted to go to Glacier this summer. And I really think the pandemic started part of this problem. But if you want to camp inside a national park, it's difficult to get those campsites, more difficult than you might ever believe. Uh, You have to go online to a a, a website called recreation.gov that is operated uh, by the federal government to to allow you to get access to these national parks, and there's a, it's not a lottery. You have the, the the campsites don't open up till six months before you might camp, and at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on the date that your campsite opens up that you want, you have to be on the internet ready to load the days that you want into your little cart to wow. try to check out. And I have been foiled five days in a row
2: this is like getting taylor swift tickets
4: i'm telling you it's (laughs) like it's like a concert (laughs) ticket master kind of disaster there are people across the country who want those sites and they're all poised on their computer and some of them must have like a cray supercomputer faster than mine and they're able to push the button faster than i am like i'll i'll watch on a digital clock when it rolls over to 9 a.m and hit load and i'm still told that the site's already been taken I don't know how they do it. I don't know who's gaming the system, sure. uh, but there are people out there beating me to this, and it's driving me crazy. So, are, are, which, Is which, there a
2: possibility that there are people out there like the ticket resellers out there? You know what I'm saying? We don't think so
4: because when you have a reservation, you you have to show up with your reservation and show your ID. You can't sell it to someone else. Ah, it has okay. to go back into the system to go back to someone else. So uh, I'm, I'm, I
5: wish there was someone you could talk to who would know the ins and outs of that.
4: Hmm. Hey, who I are we going to talk to next? We're going to talk to Warren Patton, who's the, uh, oh. uh, the, the president of the Midwest Gateway RV dealers uh, coming up here shortly. I wonder if he's experienced this before because you have to understand that system to use it. And I wonder how many people think, hey, I'm going to go to Glacier, and they have no idea.
2: And I wonder if we're going to witness uh, Mark Cox upgrading his RV to a new one for this trip. <laughs> We're going to find out. Warren's a master at that. Uh, Warren Patton is going to be our guest next on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Zah. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with Second
4: Amendment friends. Radio in the Great Outdoors, welcome back. And uh, I can't wait again. to get on the road again with my RV, get it hooked up to the truck, get a solid 13 miles to the gallon, and head off into the wild outdoors. How about you, Bo Matthews?
2: You're just showing off, pal. You're showing off. <laughs> uh, and yeah. here, here comes the heat because uh, Warren Patton, is a uh, he's got a great team at uh, Byerly, He's gonna he's gonna sell, he's gonna upgrade your RV for you.
4: You think he will? Hey, uh, Warren, welcome back to the show, my friend. <laughs> How are you?
2: All right, doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me on.
4: Absolutely, uh, president of the Midwest Gateway RV Dealers Association, and you got the RV show uh, coming up here uh, at the end of January. We'll get to more details on that in just a couple of minutes. Are, are you are you camping now? I think the last time we talked to you, you were actually on vacation in Florida somewhere.
6: Uh, yeah, no, that is that is absolutely true. Yeah, last time we talked, I was on the middle of a, a bit of a motorhome journey. Uh, took a trip with the family. Uh, went down, uh, you know, stayed at uh, stayed at a lot of campgrounds on the way down to Florida. Uh, then stayed at a hotel. Then parked the parked the RV in storage. Uh, <laughs> then then stayed at a, a house with the extended family. Uh, then went back and and uh, we I think we visited. Uh, you know, stayed about nine to ten nights uh in campgrounds along the way some pretty cool campgrounds in in florida georgia and tennessee uh it was a a pretty cool trip
2: and created so many memories i I bet you're remembering the memories of the the family stuff and the things that you saw even more than the travel itself but uh, as you roll down the road you can bring everything you need with you which is a wonderful experience for anybody that loves rvs warren it's really good to have you on and good to talk to you again Uh, also uh, uh, what they have at Byerly is they have a, a great following of, uh, for anybody that's first timers, for sure. They got a great video and podcast uh, deal. Yeah. They've got a whole studio, Mark. You'd be impressed. They've got a whole studio where they do this stuff. And what I like about them is for somebody that doesn't RV and considering it, there's a, there's some to learn. I'm not going to say a lot, but you got to know what you're talking about and your knowledge base out at your place and at the show as well is, is extensive. Wouldn't you say?
6: Uh, we we always try to be uh, the leader uh, in the industry in terms of education for consumers uh, and even and any our viewers who have done it for a long period of time we like to teach them things that they haven't they don't know you know the the thing about the industry is it's always changing they're always adding new things uh, a lot of times people find out things that they they didn't even know and they've been RVers for for. You know, a decade. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, they're adding new gimmicks that I want is what they're doing, right? That that's, gadgets, that's what not I, 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 gadget, <laughs> gadgets, gadgets, uh, gadgets. New new gadgets that I want. Every time I go down to Byerly, and honestly, uh, honestly, uh, Warren, uh, um, and, and not trying to suck up to you, I'm down there quite often uh, refilling my propane <laughs> tanks, or uh, you know, buying uh, toilet paper, or water treatment, or something. Uh, and the folks in your service department are always so helpful. I, I really yep. appreciate that. They're like part of the family. For, for you guys yeah
6: absolutely and that's you know for us in particular services is one of the biggest parts of the industry uh anybody who's owned a camper knows that at some point you're going to need something you, you basically you bought a house when you have an rv uh and there's a lot of there's a little bit of maintenance that you need to do uh to make sure and so we always are here to to both stand by uh from the actual repair capacity from the service capacity from the advice capacity to to help people and their and their service and parts needs and you know for us at Byerly, that's where we make you know our biggest investments uh is in our service facilities and our service people and we have a a fantastic
2: team and a very knowledgeable staff and we're always just continuing training with them it is pretty cool to see i've actually got to tour the uh the uh, repair area if you've been to a mechanic shop or uh, something like that dude, this i mean they're rvs they're monster rvs (laughs) back there that they're doing stuff on it's so cool um but what's really good about those that do rv and have been doing it for years there's always something like Mark wants to go to Grand Teton because that's his favorite place at this point. But uh, the the travel show, the RV travel show that's going to be going on, you got a lot of representatives that are going to be there saying, "Hey, come to our resort because this is why." Uh, can you talk to uh, talk about some of those ideas?
5: Yeah,
6: well, you know, one of the great things about uh, the the St. Louis RV Travel Show uh, is that we have the ability to not only have uh, the dealers, you know, the, the, the dealers in St. Louis that have been around forever, the eight most trusted, you know, family dealers, uh, in the area, but we also get to add some vendors in, have people from campgrounds, from people from, uh, from the big parks coming in and kind of giving you the ability to kind of see what can I do? You know, it's building that dream. Like you were talking about, uh, yeah, I took this trip last year and I, and I made these memories and I remember that stuff. And it's, uh but a lot of people have the vision of the memories they want to create and uh these people help fill in the vision of it's not the uh it's not the RV it's where do you want to go you know what do you want yeah. to do how do you want to spend your time with your family your loved ones you know your friends that sort of
4: thing yeah i i think that's great and if, to, to bo's point we're planning to take our RV to uh, glacier national park up in montana this summer and I was describing to Bo my my frustration this week with this system where you have to book if you want a, a campsite within the national park, you have to book it six months out, like to the to the minute. Like when nine a.m. Eastern rolls around, ten a.m. Uh, ten a.m. Eastern, nine a.m. Central, you have to be ready to push, load my cart with the days you want. And I, I have been beaten at that for a solid week now. I've been trying to get a campsite, <laughs> and somebody keeps snatching it right out from under me. I mean, uh, that maybe at the at the RV show, there will be somebody there that can school me on how to do that more effectively.
6: <laughs> you know, i have to talk to Tammy if that's one of the vendors that we have. There's the, the person who can beat you the system on that. It's like uh, trying to trying to scout the tickets for some of those concerts, right? <laughs> so, I know.
4: But, the, uh, <laughs> well, you know, it, uh, you it, know it, it, go ahead, please. Oh, Oh, I was going to say, you know,
6: that's one of the things that uh, I I think a lot of people don't realize is that uh, the, you know, the national parks, uh, the national RV association, all these people are aware of some of those challenges that you're facing. And I think a lot of consumers may not be aware of, you know, the industry discussions that have and the investments uh, that are being made to kind of make that process better in the future. Right now, you're still constrained by a limited number of spaces, but uh, if you paid attention the last couple of years... Uh, and the RV Dealer Association uh, and, uh, and you know, like go RVing have been huge advocates of getting Congress to kind of allow some use of public land and some other funding. Uh, so a lot of that stuff is going to be opening up in the future to create more spaces, to create more investment in the parks. Uh, but also that on the private side of campgrounds, people are building campgrounds everywhere oh, yeah. because they've seen how many RVs have been sold over the last five to 10 years. And they know that that is how people are spending their time. So uh, there, is, there is sometimes this constraint funnel right now, but the future is everybody's already building. They already know, and they've actually been working on this for, for beyond the last five years. They've been aware of the problem, and they're, they're really, really investing a lot across the country in making that experience so much better for people. Yeah,
4: that's a great point. We're talking to Warren Patton, the president of the Midwest Gateway RV Dealers Association and also in charge down at Byerly RV there in Eureka. And you, maybe this speaks to part of the demand as well. I know I, covid had a huge impact on your industry. Suddenly, people are looking for for things to do with their family that, where they're maybe not around a thousand other people. Camping is one way to do that. And maybe talk a little bit about the explosion you guys have seen in the industry the last couple of years.
6: Oh, you know, it's been a, it's been a very unique uh, experience overall uh, in the industry. You know, the the RV industry has seen a significant growth from about 2016 on. Uh, and and it was it was the 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 talk that everybody had about oh the boomer generation is going to come in they're going to they're going to buy all the RVs what we really saw was it wasn't only them there's a whole younger generation that values experience uh, as the way that they want to spend their time they value having those moments and those memories and so what we really saw uh, over the past eight nine years was a whole trend of not just the people retiring looking for that that big motorhome or however they want to spend their time moving around. It was a younger generation of families entering the market that really drove it. And then during COVID, what, what really the unique thing that happened was a whole bunch of people who may have never been interested yeah. in RVing started to look at the lifestyle and say, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Now we can travel together as a family. Maybe we only, we have all of our stuff here. We don't have to travel hotel to hotel. Uh, maybe I can work from anywhere. So I can now go out in an RV and I can work, work wherever I want to. Uh, and so that uh, group of people over the past three years since, since COVID really exploded the industry because it wasn't just the growth of people who were in tenders. It was now a whole bunch of people are like, wow, I never saw this before. And so that has been a, a huge boom to the industry. And we're still seeing a lot of those people as customers. And we're hoping that they are continued customers over the, over the long haul.
2: As well, yeah, Warren. I want to interject that uh, the technology is is in the RV business is so rapidly changing. With uh, whether it's solar panels or whether it's USB ports or Wi-Fi, uh, people are buying Starlink and and using their Wi-Fi if they don't have service at a campground they're at or whatever. But when they found out that they could work, you know, remotely anywhere. Well, a lot of people have chose to do that, and that the last time I saw you, there was one RV that literally had uh, enough solar panels on top that could charge these giant batteries. <laughs> yeah, and it could be off grid for quite a while, days I think. Uh, you know, with the solar panels, um, anything that's brand new that's in the RV that you have never seen in all these years that you're like, people are not going to believe this.
6: <laughs> well, I think I think uh, that that particular uh innovation in terms of of the actual batteries that can be used to power these things for multiple days yeah. uh we, we, we that's in more vehicles than people can imagine right now i think i think a lot of consumers may have seen okay yeah that's in you know some vans uh or that's you know that's in uh you know some large motorhomes where you might be able to do that but we we are now seeing that uh you saw it in particular in a fifth wheel toy yep, hauler it was. Uh, in a Valor alliance that was that was an incredible uh, vehicle, a lot of this, a lot of this change was accelerated. It was already happening, but it was accelerated by COVID because manufacturers ran out of generators, <laughs> you know, so they had to get innovative and they're like, okay, yeah. we're already going to do this uh, battery system. Let's just start doing it now. But where we're really seeing it is now you're seeing 12-volt, heavy-duty 12-volt systems on travel trailers. Uh, you're starting to see it in products that might we might not have expected to see it right now, now you're starting to see that off grid in a whole bunch of other things, and uh, it was funny that you mentioned Starlink <laughs> because uh, there was a there was a uh, an actual article yesterday, an announcement by one of the one of the uh, major uh, uh, motorhome companies, Store Motorcoach, uh, announced that they were going to start looking at putting Starlink in uh, right. as a as an added feature into some of their motorhomes.
2: Nice and, and and really, how many times have you been showing off a motorhome yourself or any of your sales force uh, that people say I could live here? This is nicer than my home. It happens every day, right?
6: <laughs> it, it absolutely does. And I think when you go when you go down uh, to the RV show, you know, when you go to America Center and you're wandering through and you're looking at at all these all these toys, you know, everybody's going through. That is one of the most common statements that people make <laughs> as they walk through these motorhomes, and you know, you got you know, three, 300 square foot motorhome, basically, basically, you know, travel trailer. And you're like, Oh wow, this is, this is, you know, this is huge. You know, this is nicer than my house. And those are the most common things that, that you hear. And, and the thing is they have everything that you need. They have everything that's in your house, uh, even, even you the travel trailers. Yeah. Uh, and, and you and I kind of walk when you were out at the Labo, we, we kind of walk through like every different size of vehicle. And you can see that the amenities, yeah. even in the smaller travel trailers are very similar to the big motorhomes you know you, you might just be missing a few things uh your motorhome will get you your dishwasher which you're not going to have in a travel trailer right <laughs> but so. uh but yeah i mean you've got everything from in the smaller ones you almost have everything that you have in the larger ones it's just more compact and and made for you know the person who doesn't want the big vehicle or they want the right payment, or, you know, it's just it's the perfect budget size for them. They have a place to store it, that yeah. sort of thing.
4: It's it's a good point. You know, Warren, it's, uh, Starlink today, Skynet tomorrow, right? Before you know <laughs> it. <I'm just> <laughs> hey, by the way, the the RV show is happening the 27th and to the 29th at America Center. This is the 45th year. Bigger and better than ever?
6: Yes. Uh, this is going to be one of the biggest shows that we have had. Uh, in a long time we are this is a very unique show and I want to I want to prepare a lot of people who have been down there before there'll be two entrances to the show there'll be an entrance in the in the old uh, traditional hall hall three four uh, corner right there and there'll also be an entrance uh, at the uh, dome uh, and it'll kind of be a u-shaped layout because we have so much space for all of our dealers uh, we have a lot of vendors uh, there we have some unique vendors that we've never had before. Uh, but we have we're going to bring so much inventory to this show <laughs> to make it one of the biggest shows that we've ever had. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be a, a really big deal. And uh, you know, Friday nine a.m. to eight p.m., Saturday nine a.m. to eight p.m., and then Sunday nine a.m. to five. Um, you know, the biggest thing is we even have valet parking this year because uh, nice. I know oh, a lot wow. of people they go downtown, they're not really sure where should I be parking. Uh, <laughs> if you go to the the A entrance at the dome, uh, which I believe is at Seventh and. Um, as I, as I blank on the, uh, on the street right there. No worries. But you know what? Actually,
2: Warren, uh, let me just interject. Go to stlrv.com for all the, display, uh, all the information that you need. Warren Patton, thank you so much. Good luck with this giant show you guys are putting on the 27th through the 29th of January. Thanks for joining us, buddy.
6: Absolutely. Thanks, bro. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you.
4: All right. We're back in just a minute with a John Henderson from the range to talk about these new ATF rules on braces for your for your pistols. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. And, you know, the ATF issued a bunch of rules this week, and I started to try to read it. And I started drifting off and, you know, thought about calling my attorney because I don't know what in the world they're trying to get at. So we thought we'd try to get to the bottom of that. And we've invited my friend John Henderson, uh, the big kahuna out at the Range St. Louis West, uh, chief cook and bottle washer out there. John, how are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing great, Mark. How are you guys? We're, we're doing great. Good to get you back on the radio again.
5: It's good to be here. I
4: appreciate it. Yeah. So I, I mentioned that I, I saw this this release come down. In fact, I believe you guys posted it up on social media so that people could try to start wrapping their brain about around these rules the ATF is trying to, uh, to put in place regarding braces. Why, why don't we just start at the beginning? What, what is a pistol brace?
5: So, pistol braces came about several years ago. So, first of all, AR pistols have been around for a long time. Right. You know, we're talking 40, 50 years. Don't quote me on the exact time frame. And basically, it's an AR that has a buffer tube on it and has no stock, basically. And you can have a barrel that's less than 16 inches. Um, And they've been around, like I said, for multiple decades. Braces came around, I don't know the exact time, time frame, a decade or so ago. And basically, it was uh, originally designed to let someone who had a disability, um, either whether it was an amputee or someone who just had some motor control problems with with an arm or something, to be able to strap the backside of that brace to their forearm and still shoot an AR pistol. Okay. Uh, so, and that's how it came about. It was submitted to the ATF. They said, yeah, they're not stocks. They're braces. It's, it's fine. So sort of created this new category of item called a brace instead of being a a stock, so that's what a pistol brace is. It's not a stock. It's actually, you know, designed to be strapped to your forearm.
2: John, you know, uh, I have a couple of friends I mentioned at the beginning of this show that uh, have, uh, you know, an, a disability, if you will, or a need for a brace because they can't shoot otherwise, and they enjoy this the, the sport of shooting. Now, for those people that uh, don't have that disability with their form. Uh, please explain the benefits. I know what they are, but I'd like you to explain the benefits for somebody that, you know, let's say able body. I don't want people write me emails or anything, but you know, somebody that doesn't have any any holdbacks, why would somebody want to have that pistol brace?
5: Well, it's no different than why you would want to have a pistol in general. You know, it's a it's a smaller firearm, so, you know, it's easy for you to carry, it's easy to maneuver. There's there are tons of benefits with it. Uh, that come with it. And you know, by estimates, I've seen estimates as low as twenty and as high as forty million uh braced uh AR and other uh style rifles in this country. So these are there's a lot of these things out there. This is not a this is not the you know the odd gun collector that has this thing or just the someone who has a uh, uh an ability issue that is is using it. They're they're in common use at this point.
3: Oh
2: interesting Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because they, they, they help you stabilize the firearm. You're using, you know, think uh, geometry. It's it's giving you more more uh, accuracy because it's more stable.
5: But I think that the, the issue that the, the regulators have is that people are taking or buying these brace pistols, and they're actually putting them on their shoulder the way they would a similar-sized uh, rifle. And right. that's their issue. It's the way people are using them.
4: Uh, the, the amazing thing to me when I, when I see the government try to cook up some new backdoor uh, gun registration effort like this is sh- show me the problem. Uh, you, you, you presented a solution to what I don't see as a problem. I mean, I, where, where is this an issue other than in the hands of a criminal? It's not the law abiding citizens who, are, who, are, who would even cause a problem with this.
5: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that all the criminals that uh, may or may not use such an item are rushing to, to register them <laughs> with the ATF and turn them in, right? Um, yeah, it's the same way. They, they're going to make laws that the law, it affects the law-abiding citizen. The criminal is going to continue to go on and do their criminal activity, and by definition, they're not going to follow the law. So yet, so now we – well, if they do that, then we can charge them with a felony. That's, that's great. Uh, they're a criminal. They're already using the gun to commit a felony. They're, you can already charge them with felonies. What, what is one more? Um, so it's really the people that are going to be affected about it are are you and me. Yeah, that's the people that are going to be affected by it.
2: That's good. It's a good point. Are the uh, phones ringing off the hook with people uh, concerned about this? Because you know, just like uh, in Illinois with uh, all the bans that they did just last week uh, with Governor Pritzker, uh, are people calling you for information on okay, what do I need to do or not really?
5: Yeah, yeah, no, people are asking uh, – all of the forums have blown up with this. They they dropped this on, I guess, Friday, and SHOT Show started in earnest on Monday. So it's, it has consumed our industry for the past week because the rules that they made and everything they put out so far, all 293 pages of it, is extremely ambiguous and almost arbitrary. So yeah. it's like we don't you, – you, people ask us, why do I comply with it? And they're like, well, I don't know. Because the way they wrote the rules, there's so much ambiguity in it. The only way I can tell you to 100% comply with it is um, once they file this in the Federal Registry, you've got 120 days to either form one your SBR and make it an SBR or replace it with a, the barrel with a, a barrel that's 16 inches or greater and, and basically make it so it's a rifle. Yeah. Or you could destroy the firearm or surrender it to the ATF. Um, those are really. That's the only way I can tell you to fully comply with it. I can't tell you because, you know, we just reread the, through the rules this morning on. Well, even taking it back to just a non-braced pistol, the way these new rules are written, that I don't think that would necessarily solve your problem. So exactly. it's 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 a big mess, and I don't understand why it takes two hundred and ninety-two pages to to try to address this issue. But going back to what you yeah, so and Mark, your your yeah, guesstimate is the
2: issue? your guesstimate is. And your guesstimate right, is though. how many how many of these pistol braces are out there in the U.S.?
5: It's not my guesstimate. Don't quote me on the source. But as I've been reading up on this the past week or so, I've seen numbers as low as twenty million braces and as high as forty million. Uh, you know, yeah. braces. Well, here's braces the funny thing: there's one over the past decade or so.
2: Here, here's irony. Uh, officials estimate about three million stabilizing <laughs> braces are currently owned in the U.S. So.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's a
5: well, these are the, oh, my one. The these are the same people that estimate our budget deficits and all that every year. <laughs> it, I mean, I'm just
4: – so. it's, oh,
5: it's a
2: great point. Now it makes sense.
4: Yeah, thank you. Uh, John Henderson is our guest from the Range St. Louis West out at 14803 Manchester Road uh, out there in, in Baldwin. I hope you go in and see him. So, John, as I read through this, just to muddy the waters a little more – um, somebody I know has bought an AR, uh, a pistol, the uh, style pistol, the other day that has a folding stock. Uh, where does that fit into this?
5: So first of all, if it's truly a stock and not a brace, right? Um, and it's then, then, and it's, a, and then it's a pistol. The barrel less than sixteen inches. Then that is an SBR. Period. That definition's been around since the NFA back in the '30s. So there's no, there's no if-ands or buts about that. Yes. If you take a regular rifle and it has a regular stock on it and the barrel is less than 16 inches, it's called an SBR, short-barreled rifle, and that's been regulated for, you know, almost a century now. Um, Now, if it's a brace that also folds, well, that's in this big gray area that we're talking about right now of what does that mean. And I can tell you in the end, it's going to mean that it's either going to be an SBR, you're taking that folding stock off of it because it can't have a stock on it, or a brace under this new rule, if the barrel is less than 16 inches.
4: Wow. I guess uh, this past week, John, would probably be one of those weeks when you're very glad that all those years ago, when you decided to open up the range, you didn't do it in Illinois, because uh, at least in Missouri, uh, <laughs> there's some sanity. I mean, I, I've talked to Steve King, who runs Metro Shooting Supplies. He's got stores in both states, but for the people that don't, who own gun stores in Illinois, uh, they're they're facing a nightmare right now. They've got inventory. They're going to have to sell to somebody, maybe to... Somebody in a state like Missouri, right? Because they can't sell it anymore.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, I would, what I would envision happen is a lot of manufacturers are probably going to help those guys out and take that inventory back or help them transfer it to other stores that can still legally uh, have those items and sell them. But to the average person, I mean, we've got calls that that first day from people, hey, I'm over in Illinois. What do I do with this? How do I, you know, and there's just no good answer. And here's what's so frustrating to this is. Both the state of Illinois and both this new rule, this new law in Illinois, both there's laws on the books, there's court rulings on the books that all say you can't do this stuff. But the, these legislatures are the, the these regulators do it anyway. Yeah. And even though they've been turned down, I mean, there was a Bobstock ban during the Trump era. And the fifth, I think it was the fifth circuit, sixth circuit, don't quote me on which court it was, just ruled that, no, you can't make that rule and outlaw. Bump stocks because it's obviously not part of the trigger mechanism, which is what makes a machine gun. So that just that happened uh, just a, a, a few weeks ago, early January. So that's still going to have to go through more appeals and eventually, probably to the Supreme Court for an ultimate ruling. But they they put another. This rule is even more ambiguous than the bump stock rule that they they put out, and that's what's frustrating. Is the judge in that bump stock rule basically said, you know, if you're going to do this, you got to go back to Congress and get a law that says, yeah, this this thing is also a machine gun. Um, so it's it's going to be years of this, and then we'll ultimately see what it is. And it just takes forever.
2: But to John, adjudicated you'll probably agree, you'll probably agree because we saw with the bump stock, it's just chipping away. They're just yep, chipping they're away chipping little away by out. little. Oh, yeah. But now with the with the Biden White House, it seems like they're just taking huge, you know, chunks pounds of flesh from law-abiding gun owners. So it's it's frightening because it's coming, as I said at the beginning of the show, we're coming in hot. We're yeah. coming in hot after That's your guns.
4: Very true. John, listen, always always appreciate your time, my friend, and your support of the show. Thank you. All right, thank you. Yes, Thanks, sir. Guys. Appreciate it. We will talk soon. John Henderson with the Range St. Louis West, uh, 14803 Manchester Road. Great shooting range, great indoor shooting range, locally owned. You feel like it a is. member of the family out there. You can always go to com to find out more about what they got going on.
2: It's a great site. A lot of information here on the show. Share the show with uh, uh, your Second Amendment friends and your RVing friends, your people that like to get outside and outdoors. It's uh, it's going to be a heck of a year in 2023 for RVers because Mark's going to get an upgraded RV, I'm sure of it, <laughs> if he goes to that show. I'm
4: going to the show. That's for sure. You can bet on that. <laughs> and that's maybe for... get a spot at Glacier. Oh, I hope so.
2: But hope so. yeah, please uh, share the show uh, because we really want to uh, make sure everybody gets this information. Uh, Carl, you didn't pew pew. I pew pewed at the very beginning of the show, All Mark. Right. It was like You I did? Mean, I did. Have, a, Here, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Pew pew, Bo. See you, boys.
1: Get more at ninety-seven talk.com.